Daddy said, son, you're gonna drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving. Now you're running, running cars. Tell them it's your car and you do what you want with it. I own this car, I do as I please. I also own the highway, my taxes paid for that. They're both mine. I own the highway and I own the car. I own everything I Welcome to Throwing Wrenches, episode 12.5. My name's Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And thanks for joining us here on the podcast that Peoria deserves. We'd like to welcome all the folks who are joining us for the first time or, uh, you know, folks who are joining us from overseas. Just kidding. That doesn't happen. And I'd love to especially welcome our special guest for episode 12.5. Your name? Regan. Guest number one. There you go. <laughs> we'll go with Regan for now. Re- it, uh, <laughs> since it's 12.5, am I half a guest? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, well, you, you <laughs> you're more than that. You're, you're, more, you're like a, more like a show and a half guest because we did record an episode 12, but you may never hear it because I'm an audio snob. And I told Daryl, I'm sorry you got into bed <laughs> podcasting with me. I'm not releasing this show. We sat down for two hours and did a, a great show with Regan here a week ago. That's the reason this one's so delayed. But I decided it sounded so poorly. I was not releasing it. Sorry. That's the way it is, guys. It's fine. It's fine. It's uh, it's going to come out of the Disney vault like Song of the South one day. Uh, <laughs> or go not. into the vault like Song of the South. Yeah. <laughs> they released it, and then they, they took it off the shelves. Do you remember Jerry Springer had, like, the Too Hot for TV DVD collections? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what we do, Regan. Maybe that's what we do with your pre- previous show. Too Hot for Podcasting. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> Regan's Too Hot for Podcasting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> At any rate. Starting off like that. All right. Thanks so much for coming back and uh, for rolling with this. Thank you for having me. He's very, he's very awesome. patient, that's for sure. Uh, if you haven't listened to Throwing Wrenches before, uh, my name's Eric Stahl, and I am the service manager at a Metro Peoria new car dealership, but uh, I'm nothing like the voice that sits across from me, Mr. Scott. Uh, I'm Daryl Scott. For those who are just joining us uh, for the first time, uh, I worked in radio for many, many years, and uh, now I'm doing this. So um, I have a little collection of oddball vehicles. Six. Nothing. Nothing priceless. It's that's why I have six of them because <laughs> it's kind of like the Russell Stover of collector cars. You can buy a lot because they have outlets and they're cheap. Uh, just get four doors. That's my advice if you want to get into the hobby. Um, but uh, yeah, I got a, a, a bunch of vehicles and lifelong gearhead, and I like to uh, do most of the own my own work on stuff. So that usually costs twice as much, takes twice as long, but it's still kind of a fun hobby. So that's where I'm at. And special guest, Regan, you're a bit of a car guy. You want to give us a little synopsis of what you're all about? I've been around cars pretty much my whole life. Um, it's pretty much the only thing that interests me, uh, and I've decided to make a career out of it. And um, I guess I could you could call me your industry insider, sort of yes, speak. deep throat. Yeah. There you go. So, we're yeah. not, for the record, we're not in a parking garage in D.C., we're in the comfy confines in an undisclosed location. We are. This is Studio D. I think we moved to our fourth studio now. And <laughs> Getting kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> but this is nice. Nice acoustics. And uh, they at least they have heat here. So that's nice because mm. it's quite cold. Oh, I thought you were talking about it was in reference to Studio A, which never is warm. Uh, you know, I didn't think about that. But, yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's okay. I have to envy your Studio A. My Studio B is... Really, Studio F. Anyways, <laughs> right. so thanks for joining us. We're going to actually kind of circle back on some topics that we we, we kind of missed. We, we touched on a little bit, but, you know. 
Yeah, so we talked about a lot of stuff in episode 12 uh, that was pertinent in the news two weeks ago, but we're going to probably rehash a little bit of that because I still think it's uh, it's uh, current. And then we got some new stuff because Daryl was smart and did some show prep for show 13. I tried. But, but, and show 13 will be a different show. Thir- I don't know. It's too confusing at this point. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be like when they skip two years in between one of the seasons of The Sopranos. And then everyone kind of was like, yeah, I'm over it. Or Newhart. You know, or just, Newhart. Yeah, just, yeah. it seemed like it fits all together. Like right? when the mom died in Sopranos and then like, like kind of brought her back, but not really. And it's just, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Good show, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mad props. Anyways, um, so Eric, what are we going to talk about this week? We're going to kind of go and talk a little bit about what? Corn dogs? Uh, I think, well, it's funny you should bring up corn dogs. Yeah. Because first off, there's an aficionado in the room, which is pretty awesome. But your nickname is corn dog. Not mine. <laughs> it was for a short, brief time. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a gal who gave you that name? Or was that a... My wife nicknamed me uh, uh, corn dog, kind of. Well, she didn't really call me that. But I did have a corn dog problem for oh, a while. Good. The and frozen it, ones. You go to like the Yeah, store yeah. It was the cheap ones. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. you'll love this story because Daryl. <laughs> Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I was coming back from Southern, and I think we left Southern at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I thought, well, we need to stop somewhere for food around Springfield. Doing college visit, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, which uh, that's a whole other thing. I've talked about the automotive section or automotive program at Southern, and it's amazing. Automotive. Is it? Yeah. Are you Southern grid? Yeah. Can awesome. you get my kids some more money there? You can discuss it off there. Yeah. Do a little, do a little yeah. scholarship. We're going okay. to have to have you turn Try or talk, talk about in. that. Yes, or turn it, one of the two. Um, Square up. Here. Sorry, How's sorry. This, no, no, no. This is what we do. We yell at the noobs. Yeah, uh, we've we've got high production standards here. Yes, I do. I'm, <laughs> you know, you I'm know learning. I'm learning. All right. um, anyway, so we left like 3 <laughs> o'clock from Carbondale, and three hours later we find ourselves in Springfield. Now, I remember a Man versus Food episode that was set in Springfield, Illinois, which seems kind of crazy, honestly, because I never think of Springfield, Illinois as like a food mecca. The gastronomic center of the universe? <laughs> no. No. But I think it might be the trash food center. I think they did milkshakes. <laughs> And some, like, super hot chili. And the other thing was... Oh, yeah. I forgot the chili one, yeah. which I'd never heard. It was like, oh, this place is famous for chili. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so well, Skylines. So I want to do that first. The whole family nuked me in the car, and they're like, we're not doing chili. We're not stopping. Don't do that. chili on a road trip. Are you kidding we're me? They might, have, <laughs> they might have had a point. <laughs> yeah. that, that's actually some smart thinking on there. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. we were only 45 minutes from home at that point. So, you know, we could have made it. <laughs> Corn <laughs> dogs are a very logical choice on a road so trip. So clearly not. So clearly. Cozy Dog, it's a staple of the Route 66. I think if you're on Route 66, whether you're you know headed north or headed south in this thing, you've got to stop at Cozy Dog in Springfield. That's like oh, yeah. one of the iconic stops. Um, so we stopped there. The Cozy Dog location I stopped at is not original. It started in 1996. It kind of moved everything from the 1949 stuff and moved it in there. And basically, a Cozy Dog, if you don't know, is a corn dog. Okay. And so I got a whole, I got like eight Cozy Dogs. I got a large fry. <laughs> a giant tray. Oh, man. Dude, so much grease. The, the, so what's awesome is I love when you go to these places and they serve you the fries in like the little box. You know, yeah. remember the drive-thrus? It served them in the little flat box. Oh yeah, and then that flat box was just—it was permeated with grease. You can you see know, through. Hold it up to light and yeah. see right through. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. The cozy dogs were mediocre. I got to be okay. honest with you. I'm just—I was a little disappointed by that. I, I had high hopes. The whole family kind of looked at me like I was insane. But I felt like this was one of those bucket list things. I, do you ever find yourself doing that with these food shows or anything like diners, drive-ins, and all that stuff? You got to stop. Yeah. Well, there, there's an actual app. Is there? Yeah, there's an app that you can use. And in, in, in my travels um, as a regional 
representative and traveling around the various parts of the country. Professional I've, car I, guy. Yeah, professional car guy, sure. Um, <laughs> I, I have used Quotes. the app. And, uh, um, yeah, it was sometimes awesome, sometimes extremely disappointing. But I, I never did visit Cozy Dog. But I was already um, – the corn dogs already were. I had to leave my life. I had to. I well, had to step to, away. They from were. Them. They were deal breaker. Well, yeah. I just didn't want to go back down that road. I also quit smoking, and the same thing. I can't. I can't start smoking Damn, again. You're, you're just a quitter all around. Well, you call me what you want. <laughs> no but, conviction whatsoever. That um, uh, yeah, the, uh, I had to walk away from corn dogs. Now I have seen a picture of Regan. He was on the salt flats tuning up. Like so, I don't remember what you were working on. He was like on a carburetor, or some car. You know, he was getting ready to break the land speed record. And I think he weighed about 100 pounds more than he sits it here It was today. like 50, but, yeah, it was. Took really? him, it took him some convincing to get you to believe that was me. It yeah. did. It did. Yeah. I'm like, I think I see your face somewhere in those folds. I don't. That know. was in the prime of my corndog days. <laughs> yeah. Corndog yeah. Days. There, was a, there was a – my wife basically had an intervention at one point. Where really? We had to get rid of the corndogs in the house. Like, they, they were removed from the freezer, and much like you said, Daryl, they were the, you know, the, the frozen ones. And yeah. You, you, Pop them in the stay, microwave. Stay fair. Stay fair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So does it count? I, if have, you, I have had them. I know their product line well. If you get yeah. the breakfast one, the Jimmy Dean, does that still count as a corn dog? No, or can you no and they're disgusting. No, With the fake maple flavor? Yeah, yeah no, yeah. no, yeah. man. All right. I just got to ask. I, gotta, I mean, I don't why, know if you, if you, you take corn there? dogs out of your life. I mean, are you removing those as well? But apparently. No. Um, no, we, we had to get rid of them. We had to talk. <laughs> we were, I was sat down and said, look, we're, we're, there will be no more corn dogs. Don't ask when I go to the store, Regan. We're not bringing them home anymore. And um, and to tie it back into cars. Um, Thank you. Yes. <laughs> that started. I, we went down a, a dusty road to nowhere, but that's fine. It's fine. Well, I can remember when this I had my last character. when I had my last corn, corn dog. Really? I, I remember where my last corn dog was. Much like I remember where my last cigarette was. I also remember where my Holy last corn Christ. dog was. Like a date? Yeah. Or you remember like that where you were at that moment? In I time? could. I I didn't show prep good enough to give you the date. But I could look it up, but it was the. Uh, <laughs> it's um, in his, it's it's his, his, his iCloud. Yeah. His photos. Google Calendar. It was the uh, Kane County Fair demolition. Derby, oh, Fourth of July weekend. Yep, that's well, a Miller a Miller Lite with you know just the right amount of fair dust. Yeah. On, on the foam. Yeah, a yeah. corn dog. <laughs> my best girl sitting next to me. Your plugs, you know, and the no. <laughs> oh, God, I'd wear. I uh, I'm too old. I don't. You're older than no, me. You don't. You don't wear earplugs to a demolition derby. No. No, man. You got. You got to have the full immersive experience, which includes a corn dog, a dusty, you know, cheap beer, draft beer, and yeah. a ruptured your, your, tympanic <laughs> membrane. Your best girl and minivans just going at it. Just because that's just what they had. Yeah. A bunch of a bunch of caravans, angry, yeah. yep. angry at the voyagers. So, yeah, that was my last corn. Let dog. me ask you, uh, not to prolong this one, but the King County Fair. Do they still have? Do they do combine or farm implement one? I don't think that one does. I think that's DeKalb County. Okay. Oh, and, yeah. And who does the uh, school buses? Anybody around here? Rockford, Rockford. Speedway. Yeah. They yeah. still do that. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. They do the trailer races. They do the. Um, they do the. Um, the school bus races, the trailer races. Oh, that'd yeah, be sweet. Um, last year, they even – it's a it's – a, uh, uh, sorry. Um, going a little long here on this yeah, one. But yeah. uh, they actually covered the track in dirt because it's an asphalt track. They actually covered the whole thing in dirt and brought in the World of Outlaws for you dirt track oh, racing cool. fans. Yeah, so – It's pretty Rock, slick. Rockford Speedway is um, – yeah, it's is a show. So might have to road trip and do a remote from up there. Yeah. Yeah. With earplugs. With earplugs. With earbuds. The whole time. Eric like, can wear the earplugs. Yeah. No, right. Shut up, guys. <laughs> now, the Cozy Dog story, I was kind of intrigued by this because uh, they said they were invented on a Lake Springfield beach house 
and uh, introduced at the Illinois State Fair that same year back in 1949. And all I can think of is as a kid, I grew up uh, by a lake house in Lake Bloomington, Lake Evergreen, I think, wherever it's at. And I remember those lake houses. I remember all the family getting together. And I remember, you know, sleeping in the rafters and, and good old times. I can just see how that would be comfort food from back in the day. Uh, I think there needs to be more times like that, more food like that. I don't think anything's getting invented like that at Chili's or TGI Fridays or Culver's. So I think we're losing our no because I, that's that's one of those simple comfort foods yeah. that nowadays doesn't blow anybody away. No, like we'd have to have like some weird chorizo infused, yeah, you know, chili lime, uh, ling- yeah. yeah, Brazilian linguica, <laughs> whatever, you know, with. Remoulade of some crap. Yeah, I, just, I really thought Thomas Edison invented corn dogs. That's how much I like them. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if a corn dog is different than a cozy dog. See, that's one of those things. That, like, <laughs> we invented the corn dog. It's like the place out in Connecticut. It's like we invented the hamburger. It's like no, 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 no. no. In 1742, we, like I'm sure. Yeah, the Earl sandwich. He created it all. It all started with the Earl. I yeah, yeah, I yeah. Meat and bread. <laughs> it was a good combo. And God bless America. Do they still have Cozy Dog still have the Volkswagen bus out front? No, I did not see a Volkswagen bus. But, I mean, it's rainy and cold. Maybe they don't want it to rust away. Yeah, it was sitting out front. It was like a kind of like some cross-country road trip thing that the founder or founder's kid drove around. Had yeah. like 200,000 miles on it. Silver Spoon. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, for more sites like that, there's websites dedicated to Route 66. And I think the one I found was national66.org. Uh, but you can certainly plan a trip driving all the way to Los Angeles and Route 66 and find many small places like the Cozy Dog Shop. So if you ever do that, if you have a recommendation, I'm certainly ears to that. Right on. Yeah. Love to check that out. Um, so it's 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 going to get to spring at some point. Yeah. Allegedly. I'm hoping. Um, you doing any project stuff around the house, uh, uh, you gentlemen? No. I, I'm doing some home improvement stuff, but we threw a battery in the daughter's car. And that... Radio that went mysteriously pop last the high episode. end Alpine. Uh, no, it's no. the. I'm not sure it has a brand name. It was fifteen dollars on for my mechanic. It's I bought the, it. the Buy It Now stereo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from eBay. That, that radio magically works now, so I didn't have to put a new radio in it. Nice, because I paid a hundred dollars for battery, so it's all good. Well, that's pretty nice. Pretty kinda, slick. I think it kind of worked out. What about you, Regan? What are you working on, bud? Um, it's been. Uh, the past couple of weeks, I uh, haven't been getting much done, but I do have a Model A project that I. And buy bond from time to time and try to get some things done. Do tell. Um, it's been an ongoing project, which, uh, not to make this show about my wife, but she also mentioned <laughs> uh, just the other weekend that I've been working on it for 10 years now. So that kind of was... keeping track. That means she loves you. Just it, was, it was demoralizing all at the same time. I also <laughs> just said, well, now now, now it's getting done. Now now we're going to finish this. Okay. So, but okay. that was probably four or five beers deep. But um, <laughs> Are you doing like a patina build? Are you doing a complete restoration? Traditional rat rod, please. Okay. All right. No, I'm just, yeah, I wasn't but sure if no, rat rod... See, some guys are like, oh, it's a rat rod. No, it's not. I'm like, okay, yeah, like, what I is am, it this week? I am actually a bit of that kind of... No, that's kind fine. of traditionalist snob, if you will, even though it's going to be rusty and it yeah. will, you know, still have a V8 swap in it and, and that sort of thing. So, so no, I get it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's your traditional So, style what's the V8 ride. of preference when you're doing a Ford Model T? I mean, do you have to do a Ford engine? Well, I mean, that's, that's somewhat controversial. You know, <laughs> technically, if you're doing a traditional style hot rod, um, it better have a flathead in it mm, um, okay. or, or a Hemi. Yeah, or if you are going to go Chevy small block, it better be period correct. Two sixty five, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes, oh, you can't put a three fifty <laughs> if it has side engine mounts. That's definitely the wrong year, yeah, or at least you better grind them off. Yeah, yeah. 
there's people that look for that and they will be like they'll be at a show and they're like oh this is cool and they get up close and they start looking like nah, nah it's a 327 screw this guy yeah oh no that's exactly true yeah in fact mine has disc brakes um <gasps> yes <gasps> scandalous what <laughs> i'm only doing that because i got fenders on so oh yeah, well see I, and kudos to you for keeping the fenders because I honestly, I love, I, I'll take stuff six different ways. It, it, I think it's all cool. It's all in the interpretation. And if it's your car, your truck, you do whatever you want. At I the end care. of the day, that is what it's all about. You know, whatever you want. Yeah. But fenders are where it's at, folks. I think fenders are cool. Um, you doing a chop on the top? Or are you going to kind of leave that? No, I'm going to leave it for now. The, okay. the, the goal is, after 10-plus years, is to but who's counting? just drive the damn thing. What's your wife's you name? Know? Let's just get it. <laughs> she's counting. Yeah, it'll it'll she's come through on the legal documents. Don't sorry, worry. Sorry, Julie. Um, <laughs> Julie's no, counting. Just drive it around the block at this point is all sure. I want to do. And then, then maybe we'll talk about you know uh, uh, making it a little bit more traditional and maybe adding a chop, things like that. But nice. No, this Let's just get it out of the garage under yeah. its own power. I wish you, I wish you the best. Sir. Thank you. What do you got going on, Daryl? It's that, that uh, time of year. You got to be prepping to get all your cars out for spring. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, just ordering some new bushings for for one <laughs> ongoing project, which I don't even want to go into again because it's embarrassing. Uh, it involves a certain Swedish vehicle that I have <laughs> that was really fun in the beginning. It's still fun. Now it's, it's a just, cool little car. It's just frustrating. It's yeah. like guys that have old Alphas, like. You only see it out once a year, and it's because they're always <laughs> fixing something stupid, and they can't find the part they need. And they're like, oh, that's a neat car. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. And they always – like Porsche 914 guys, same thing. They're always working on something. Something breaks. 911s, you see them running around all the time. 914 guys are like, yeah, I had this, like, you know, warm air valve, control bus, Jetronic, Motronic, blah, blah, blah. And some component failed, and there's, they're not reproduced. So they're on the Internet for two years trying to find his parts so they can drive their car twice a year. Not to go sideline <laughs> on this, but a 914, when did it become cool again? Because when I was, when I was in the 80s and early 90s, yeah. 914s weren't cool at all. No, I had an uncle, I have two uncles that had them, and I thought they were the weirdest thing. Yeah. But they bought them for the same reason people are snatching them up again now, because yeah. they're cheap. Yeah. Because the 911s, people are paying out the wazoo. For 911, yeah. Even yeah. like the 80s ones with the accordion bumpers that everyone's like, those, those are boring. You know what? Now those things are going. I, I was watching a Silverstone auction over in the UK. They're going for like 80,000 know, pounds or whatever it is over there. But It's like 28 <sighs> bucks US now. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it just seemed an, ex, an exorbitant amount of money for something that was cool. And I still yeah. I like the 911. There was but, a 911 at Autocross uh, last year. It was, it was you know. bone stock. And that guy had body roll to give, man. It was just all, it was mm. like tipping over like okay? a four by four truck. No, it was no. terrible. I've heard that too. <laughs> but it looked cool. <laughs> anyway, what's your project, Daryl? I'm sorry, I don't want to sidetrack you. No, here. nothing. Just little small tidbits and things and any car you can buy bushings from McMaster car though. I mean that's come on. It's gotta be easy to work on. Somewhat. I just need to get <laughs> I need to get a, like a caliper to measure stuff. That's the like I don't have any specialty tools. I just have like you know Vice grips and a hammer. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, for that car, yeah, it's perfect. It works. But, yeah, they're like, what size bushing, inner diameter, outer diameter, ridge, ridge? And I'm like, I, I don't. Here's a picture of it. <laughs> it's round. And then I do the picture with, like, the, the uh, tape measure next to it. And they're like, that doesn't really help us, <laughs> sir. Like, We're metric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. So just I'll be doing a lot of frustration in my garage. That's what I'm going to be doing. Hmm. Uh, and then hanging some, hopefully hanging some cabinets and stuff that I've got ready to go. I awesome. Just need to, Get that organized, get my tools all set up for sp- spring and summer. And then we'll move the show to Studio F. Yes. Or E. I think I'll be E at that point. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plan, huh? 
you know, Regan's <laughs> totally invited. Sweet. Oh, I, I can't wait for it. Drive your Model A down. I'll show up two hours later when you two are done geeking out. I'll bring my corn dogs. <laughs> just don't tell my wife. I'll, I'll bring Should I install a fryer? A fry, a fry daddy I'm in the garage? I'm good with a microwave. Microwave? Yeah, I want yeah, the air fryer. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. And somebody at work was like, get one of those. I'm like, I don't eat that much fried food. Speaking of fried food, you got to tell me about Junkyard Donuts, man. What was going on two weeks oh, ago? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Neil's, um, not to be confused with Neil's, the king of deals in Pekin, Neil's Auto Parts in um, Peoria on Farmington Road, they have an occasional customer appreciation day, and they have free coffee and donuts. So I lured my wife out. I'm like, hey, I really need to go th- to the junkyard and pick up a couple parts for the Tahoe, just you know, just see what they got. She's like, okay, can we do <laughs> breakfast? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we <laughs> at the junkyard. We get there, and I know the Winning. whole time I've got this text, and it's like you know, free coffee and donuts. Customer, yeah, I got that text too. That's why I hear all about it. Yeah. So we get there, pay the two bucks or whatever to get in. They look at your toolbox and make sure you're not a criminal. And then um, as you walk through the entryway next to the used tires and stereos from you know the '80s, there's a giant box of high V donuts and like an old coffee uh, percolator full of coffee. Nice. And she's like. What, what what's this? It's like breakfast, with baby. Yeah. Breakfast. Yeah. I said we got breakfast. I'll take hey, care of you. Yeah. Nothing but the finest for my lady. Yeah. So she had a, a nice uh, jelly-filled something or other, and I had a, an eclair. And they'd been sitting outside, and it was about 12 degrees, so they were rock hard. It was great. It was so great. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you and Miss Scott are both sick right now. Yeah. Do you think you got anything like tetanus or septic? MRSA from touching the donuts? <laughs> Not the donuts. Just wandering around in a junkyard, you know, grabbing yeah, parts. Digging, right digging through the floorboards of some old Maybe. You know, Ford Escort and then <laughs> eating a donut. <laughs> well, we were smart. We ate the donut first, and, okay. and then we touched the filth. But, uh, no, that's a whole other conversation we should have about gross fines in junkyards. Yeah, okay. I don't know if we should talk about that. There's gross fines. We're going to talk about later in the show. There's gross fines I find in people's cars right now. Yeah, they don't have to be in a junkyard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People are gross, bottom line. They are. Back to you, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Film at 11. Yeah. And on that note, do we want to do the Carlos Goshen watch? I think it's time. I think this is going to be the new favorite game for everybody out there, Daryl. It'll be the next Pictionary? Yes, it will. In, in my hands right now, I have some uh, some cards, some lawyer cards. Okay. If you remember last episode, well, you wouldn't remember this because episode 12 we never released. But yeah. we've talked about Carlos Goshen. We did the Carlos Goshen Blues. This time we're doing the Carlos Goshen Get Out of Jail card game. And, and for the folks at home who are just joining us, Carlos Goshen, Eric, is oh, the former chairman they, of... Well, thanks for the news part. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me who he is, Daryl. Yeah. Former chairman, uh, formerly disgraced chairman of Nissan Motor Company and Renault, um, who has been basically ch- been charged with filing false statements to regulators, and there's some shenanigans involving $80 million in uh, deferred income and some... Some financial malfeasance. Yes. Correct? Yes. So this week, uh, to get out of jail free, well, maybe not so free, uh, Carlos hired the dream team of lawyers to get him out of jail. And so what I did is I pulled up a couple cards. And these are the cards. I've got a couple lawyers here for you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you each a Carlos Goshen dream team lawyer. And what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game to see if you can get Carlos Goshen out of jail. Right. Let's clarify that this is a Japanese dream team. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, Johnny Cochran's dead, so, I mean, who else are you looking for? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's true. That's an important fact of where we're going to go with this, though. Is it? Well, yeah, go on. Okay. Percentages, <laughs> yes, averages. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Okay, so here's how it works. Uh, I, I, I have a couple Japanese lawyers. I'm going to give you each one. Okay. Now, in Japan, if you're convicted, 
and you're thrown in jail, there's a 99% chance you did it because only 1% of people who go to jail in Japan actually beat the rap and get out. So 1%. 1%. So I'm going to give you each of these lawyers, and we're going we're gonna to play a little game where you're going to try and get out of jail with them. Eesh. And here's how we're going to do it. Okay. Uh, which one of you guys wants to be Junchiro Hironaka, the razor, an attorney with a history of challenging the insular Japanese legal world? Daryl can be the razor. Uh, all right. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's, he carries that stature anyway. If I got to have the cool nickname guy, I'll have <laughs> yeah. that. All right. Now, Takashi Takano maybe doesn't have an, a cool name like the razor, but he was also part of that meaty trial of the 1995 sarin gas attack in Tokyo. And I think the guy that he represented actually went to jail. But this guy definitely gets the high-profile characters. Okay. All right. So, so you're going to be Takashi. So, okay. So I, I'm the I'm I'm the I'm the lawyer that has lost. Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, okay. that doesn't mean anything. I mean, there's a baseball player so who strike out every once in a while. The oh, guy sure. that took on a, 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 a terrorist mm-hmm. as a client versus the razor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. but, you have a track but, record. It's yeah. not a good one, but you have a, a, yeah, okay. a proven track record. But, I mean, yeah. Well, this this the razor though. I mean, he's what ninety you know, thousand years old. If yeah. the, if, <laughs> if the little bed. engine that could had your thought process he'd never get over that mountain okay i think that's a japanese proverb too and anyway yes optimism let's do it yeah uh all right so, so play this uh, so, game. so what we're going to do here in order to simulate the 99 percent odds that the japanese government's going to win we're going to play rock paper scissors and we're going to play it five times now rock paper scissors would be a one in three chance and five times would be one in three be one one nine one in twenty seven uh, one, whatever the rest is, and then okay. 94. If you say so. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to go with the fifth time. So if you can beat me five times in rock, paper, scissors, Daryl, then you have beaten the Japanese government with your lawyer. It's, it's essentially it's the get-out-of-jail-free card, only it's rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Why do I have a feeling that's actually what they're going to do in Japan? <laughs> we'll never know. I'm not, I'm not reading the transcript. Okay? I'll tell you what. There's some instances, though, like where you're watching like some trial, and you're like, couldn't settle let's this. Just, yeah, let's just roll Shambo. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get to the hard, hard legal okay. hitting fact here. Judgey uh, wudgy, let's do this. Yeah. Right, three, two. Uh, how's it go? Uh, I declare it. Not some more. Anyway. Well, one, two, three. <laughs> one, two, three. Is <laughs> good. Okay. What kind of justice system is this? <laughs> hold on. Ready? One. Hold on. <laughs> You're like okay, two. I'll do it. All right. Thank you. Right. One, two, three. Rocks. One, two, three. Ooh, right. rock, scissors. Yep. So That's the, it. Second time. Out. All right. So the razor is down. Now right. it's up to Takashi. Takashi's going to give can it a you, shot. Can you do this? I'll call this. I'll call um, this. We did a pre-battle earlier, and Takashi actually fared pretty well. Let's see if he does Yeah, it. yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> no, you're uh, supposed to say our modeling shows. <laughs> modeling shows Takashi's a stronger lawyer. It might be by age. I'm Maybe. not sure. Yeah, but the the right. takes are stacking. Yeah. All right. Here Ready? it goes, gentlemen. Ready? One, One two, two, three. That's it. That's scissors, it. Scissors, that, yeah. Beat, yeah. Scissors beat paper. Man, Taka- yeah, yeah Takashi just rolled. Rehearsal was way better. But um, that was uh, that is what the odds right. say it would so, be. So. Yeah, so I'm guessing. Good go- luck, Carlos. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Now, similar to when you watch the Super Bowl, they always have the pregame with the guys on the PlayStation, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out the odds of the game because, you know, Tom Brady's going to win on the PlayStation and maybe he won't play. You know, maybe he won't win the real game. Well, that doesn't ever happen. Tom yeah. Brady always wins. Always. Uh, but I think this modeling may actually show you who's going to win that draw. Well, that was interesting and informative, <laughs> really? too. Wow. Yeah. So, it's better than the Carlos Goshen Blues. Watch for – I don't know. What? <laughs> I got a harmonica. I'll bring it in next time. I don't know. Some people said our last show was pretty down. It might have been the blues. It might have been. You talked about a dead body. Yeah. 
Well, it had nothing to do with Carlos. I've got a whole other story I'll tell you oh, off. Okay. Off right. yeah, don't bring it on air. Episode, episode 13. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with Carlos Goshen. Yeah. I have a good idea. It's good, it's I wish happen. him well. I'll send him a care package. <laughs> $25 million? Yeah. Or just a file. I think just a file to him would yeah. be you know, better. B- banana bread with a file in it. Yeah, exactly. A corn dog with a oh. file in it. <laughs> huh? Bringing huh? it all yeah. back. Yes, Regan, Regan, you're the third host the call, now. The callback, <laughs> I love it. You've got a permanent gig. Yeah, you got oh, to bring the callback's got to show up later in the uh, cars of the week. Okay, we're just getting started. Right. Okay, you bring okay. a corn dog in there. We're good. Hoo-ah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, this is a PG thirteen show. Go, so. Let's go on to world news, everybody. <laughs> a big article that came out here two weeks ago. Bet everything on electric inside Volkswagen's radical strategy shift. This was in Reuters. If Volkswagen realizes its ambition to become a global leader in electric cars, it will be thanks to its radical and risky bet on the biggest calamity in its history. And the German giant has staked its future in the tune of $91 billion on its ability to mass profit or mass produce profitably electric cars. It's no feat any car maker has come close to achieving. So this ties, I mean, we've you can go back to episode one of Throwing Wrenches. We've talked a lot about Tesla's little gambit in the auto world. If uh, And I've said this before and many times. If any of the major, the big three in the United States, Volkswagen's the biggest automaker in the world. Mm-hmm. If anybody decides to get into the electric car game, uh, you would think Tesla and little companies like Rivian and, and whoever else are going to be in danger. So I think this is, this is really a strong move by Volkswagen. It really... Uh, I think it, it really goes against Elon and, and the whole Tesla thing. So what is it for them? I mean, both of you guys obviously being kind of in the industry here. I mean, what is it that Volkswagen has to offer the electric car field that hasn't been offered yet? Is it production capacity? Absolutely. In infrastructure. Infrastructure, distribution. Okay. Um, service. Yeah, service. uh yeah, the infrastructure alone, dealer body, I mean, yeah, it's huge. But they were one that, uh, while everyone else has been either dabbling with electric plug-ins or hybrids. They haven't touched them, have they? They haven't touched them. They were, they were diesel, 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 mm-hmm. diesel, diesel. And then that didn't pan out well from, you know, for <laughs> yeah. stupid boneheaded decisions they made. Not because diesel isn't viable, I don't think. But, I mean, so so they would essentially be starting from scratch, right? Or are they buying technology from somewhere else? Well, going the way the industry goes these days, I'm sure it's partnered with somebody. Um, but they are also big enough to have their own. So testing like this this kind of stuff goes on for years. Regardless of who you are, unless you're Tesla, um, you are getting technology from somebody else, whether it's battery technology or the actual regenerative portion of that kind of technology. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, Eric knows that um, there's only a few battery manufacturers in the world, um, and that goes from your car batteries to your fancy lithium-ion batteries. So we're all in the same pool when it comes to that. Tesla has okay. gone off on their own with the Gigafactory and all that, um, but even that's gonna—he's gonna have to sell some of those batteries probably to 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 survive. Yeah, and don't forget, in 2014, Elon made the big announcement he was going to share all the patents of everything Tesla had. Of course, then he had to remind everybody two weeks ago. With, there was multiple articles in the news. Hey, everybody, we've got those patents out there. So who knows, even if Volkswagen's kind of using any of that technology. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? They, they just announce what their intentions are, not what is they're going to actually be made up of. But the infrastructure alone could beat them down, um, beat anybody down. Sure. Um, I think I, I, I had an interesting conversation with a dealer owner not all that long ago. 
talking about um, how he can't wait to drive something down his neighborhood street besides a Tesla that's electric powered, mm-hmm. particularly a Porsche, mm-hmm. um, which they also announced not all that long ago uh, around about auto show days um, back in January. So um, who, if you're going to pay that kind of premium for an electric car, do you want the Tesla or do you want the Porsche? Fair well, point. But, but then there also comes down to that whole thing about do you want the Tesla or do you want the Volkswagen? Well, Tesla sounds a lot cooler. So, I mean, that that might be the gravitas that you know, at least Elon's got that going for him, right? Yeah, but if you've owned a few Volkswagens, you're a fan. You're, and True. it'll probably True. be more um, uh, cheaper. And ger- German car owners certainly and service. are. They certainly love their German cars no yeah. matter what, right? Yeah. Loyal. They're loyal You customers. won't have to find a pop-up in a mall to go have it serviced. Yeah. And I think in Europe, especially Europe, I mean, Volkswagen's got to be huge. It's just strong. they got to own all their markets there, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know much about Volkswagen as far as I don't really either. They're the number one automaker in the world. Yeah. So there's all the subsidiaries that we don't even like Skoda. Like who? What? You know, like. But over there, yeah. in many many countries in Europe, uh, you know, you go rent a car and it's a Skoda. You know, yeah. It's basically a some platform that's a Golf or a. Yeah, I, the last time I was in Europe, I got it like a GM or a Ford. I'm like, oh, come on. You got like a Focus. You're like, what? Yeah, I got a Ford Transit or something. I'm just stupid. <laughs> Travel all this way to drive a good American car. It was diesel with an auto off anyway. Why yeah. can't I drive a Peugeot? <laughs> yeah, I wanted a Peugeot. You <laughs> would have wanted a Peugeot. Yeah? Yeah, you. I can see you're like, no. no. What about the Peugeot over there? <laughs> Thanks. I'm not even sure if that's a compliment or not. I think it, I'm being, it, I think it depends I'm, on the company. I want the full <laughs> European experience. <laughs> yeah, that's what Robert Kraft said. Oh, wait. That was Asian experience, I think. Yeah, yeah, true. Anyway, back to the Patriots. All right, so um, we'll just kind of shift gears here. Um, nationally, let's talk a little bit about Auto Show. I know we, uh, in the cutting room floor edition, we talked a little bit about how the Chicago Auto Show kind of wasn't making as big a splash uh, as some of the other auto shows in recent years, or auto shows in general, I think. We were kind of just talking about how uh, whenever an auto manufacturer makes a big debut or you know, has a lot to offer in terms of a, a halo car or any kind of a concept vehicle. It's just kind of like, meh, yeah. you know. But Volkswagen and Toyota in Automotive News here last week basically came to the defense of the auto show, and they were in Chicago talking about how much they think that there's an ability there to get with their customers by using the auto show. But on the cutting room floor episode, Regan well, contested this. Yeah, I did, um, because mainly because having attended the Chicago Auto Show this year, it's not the auto show that I remember uh, days of yore. Um, maybe I was smaller person then, whatever, but I remember it just being huge, multi-floors, multi-levels. Um, the local car clubs would show up. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the manufacturers brought in, like, the, the, those hardcore, um, you know, um, you know, Concepts. Right off concepts, yeah. right off the design room shore. Sometimes they even had a, a clay model there, you know, sure. something to really get you excited. And um, those days kind of seem to be gone. You know, I walked the floor on press day this year and um, got to really get in and take a close up, up close look to a lot of the um, displays without, you know, the general public being there, which is what it's going to be. Uh, what the show would actually be presented to as a public. And at Chicago, it was the two main halls in the McCormick Center. That was it. Yeah, you got A and B just cross the middle of median to get yeah, to each other. Yeah, exactly. It's like They're, one's domestic area and one's import area, right? Kinda, yeah. yeah. It really yeah. almost was like that. And um, they still had, you know, the instead of Jeep having the dirt pile this year, uh, Land Rover had it. You know, it's still awesome. It's still cool. Customers still love that. But the people that go to buy a Land Rover 
aren't going to drive over a pile of dirt no. at the McCormick Center. You know, they, they're probably going to send their assistant to go buy that car. Or, or, well, I don't know. The Land Rover dealer in Peoria, not to slight the Uftrings, but uh, they got the little concrete little track thing there in front. Sure. Do people actually drive on that for a test drive, you think? I, I know when Carl, was it Carl Knauss up in the suburbs, up in like Lake Forest or wherever it is, uh, they had put a test track in. It was full of that stuff. And that was part of the deal. Instead yeah. of having to go out and test drive on a... A, a pedestrian road, you know, you could take it on their special test track and, you know, check out the articulation and the Defender. Yeah. Hummer did that, too. Oh, that's right. Yes. Hummer, actually, yeah. I think in St. Louis, didn't Hummer have, like, a mega track down A there? lot of the Hummer stores for that brief five-window period where there was actual Hummer dealerships, yeah, yeah a lot of them had that. Yeah. You know? Look, only three wheels are on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I but no, Porsche it, dealers do that now with, the, like, the Pan America. Yeah. We could do it with <laughs> I mean, some of the cars out here in the showroom. I mean, it's it's it's, it's not that big a deal anymore. No. But and I think that's what some of the automakers realize. Um, BMW and Mercedes pulled out um, this year at Chicago, announced that they will be pulling out in the future at the big one at Detroit. I can't believe BMW is completely out of the Chicago entirely. Show. They're just not doing shows. I don't know about like not doing shows. Period. But um, bet you they do the Geneva one. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Right. But it's but next no, door. The, I mean these these shows cost millions and millions of dollars for the factories to put on. And they're they're traveling Ringling Brothers shows. I mean it's yeah. a traveling circus. It's hired it's hired talent. It's the same cars going station to station. It's the same displays get broken down, boxed back up. You're dealing with all these local municipality rules and laws, you know, from the unions and all that. Sure. It's, it's like a rock show, and it's very, very expensive. And what's the return on investment to a manufacturer these days? Yeah. And but, I'm sure that they're all, everybody's running reports, running ROI analytics and all that. So, you know, that's sure. what it is. It's all, all those people, all those accounting degrees working really hard to figure out how to suck the fun out of the event, right? <laughs> and that's, what's, that's exactly what's yeah, happening. Yeah. I mean, um, like you said before, when we were younger and we would go, that was a big deal to go to the Chicago Auto Show. I had a, a, a very, you know, well-to-do friend um, that actually flew me on his private plane to the Chicago Auto Show. And, oh, nice. And well, la-di-da. Well, uh, <laughs> look, you mean. I got it. But, no, that's what a big deal the Chicago Auto Show was, was, you know, hey, we're going to the auto show. Let's take the plane. Sure. So we did. We flew into Miggs Field. We took a cab literally across the little causeway there, and yeah. boom, we're in McCormick Center. And we took pictures of... Uh, the Viper came out that year, and the, yeah. the V10 was on a display stand, and it was <laughs> it was so cool. And you know, going right up even to when I started college, um, it was still a big deal to go to the auto show and you know sit in a Porsche and, and stuff like that. But now I, I just don't think the public is really that into it as it was before, and I think the manufacturers kind of identified that. Yeah, I hope that's not the case, but uh, yeah, me maybe, too. Maybe it's just time for a, a redo and maybe a rethought process in the whole thing. I I know a lot of the manufacturers do like an experience thing. You go to Hyundai and they got like photos of you with a rock band. Toyota had like uh, like a three sixty picture. They do like the Matrix when you jump or something like that. There's different little things that kind of, you know. Subaru had puppies this year. Oh God, that. That would Come seal on, the deal for me. Puppies, yeah. 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 Subaru and a puppy. Drive home in a Forester yeah. that day. I don't know if they actually gave you one or not, but you could pet them. It seems like it would be one of those things where um, you would actually just want to buy a car right then and there. And I know some folks had, like, the little setup so you, you can go talk to a sales rep or something. I don't think they even have that anymore. But, yeah. Because no, when, when the manufacturer would set up. Don't, um, don't you sit there? Aren't no, you we used to, but we don't anymore. Okay. Um, 
and there was usually somebody from a dealership would have to. Yeah, you know, they don't let us. They don't there. let us man those stations at all anymore. Yeah, um, even they spray you with a spray bottle. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah. Get out of here! I get back I, to work. I like walking through our display at the Fiori Auto Show. Feel like, oh, hey, look, there's Eric. You know, we talk to him. I'll mm-hmm. be sitting there talking about a car. I'm like, and these professional people are paying to sitting over there on their phones, like the, texting each other. The 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 the, uh, the talent, the uh, product specialists, Eric, mm-hmm. are, yes. are yes. very well versed in the product. They, they are. The, That's all they know. And then when you ask them like a tough question, they're like. Well, you know, here, let's go to the website. Let's go to the information display over here, and we'll touch it in. Boop, oh, yeah, boop, boop, yeah, boop. yeah, I've got 8,500 pounds of towing. That should do whatever you need to do. All right, so should we shift gears and talk about uh, some national news? Yeah, that- and this is actually really good news, I think. We've been so down on uh, Detroit and, and oh, yeah. auto jobs. Uh, Daryl, what's going on here? All right, so uh, in the news this week, Fiat Chrysler is going to be adding 6,500 jobs to the metro Detroit area. Uh, they're going to be tooling up for their next generation Grand Cherokee and their full size three row full size SUV, SUV that uh, I believe is going to be called either the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer or something like that. Uh, we're, yeah, we're going off script here, Regan. Um, Thank you, Kinda, they're going to be the, the show 13 notes, even though this is episode 12.5. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they're going to be building a $4.5 billion factory for the new Grand Cherokee, and then they're going to be actually retrofitting the old Mack Avenue plant. Uh, to the tune of $1.5 billion in updates. And that's, frankly, fantastic news for for Detroit. And it's going to help ensure uh, the Fiat Chrysler folks are really adamant about making sure that Jeeps, by and large, are built in the U.S., that's actually a selling point uh, overseas. I would agree. That's that's a selling point. It's kind of you know uh, America. So the Wrangler wasn't it initial? Is it still getting moved to China? Are they going to build Wranglers in China? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to pan out or not. Okay. Um, I know. They might put a second plant there, but yeah, and build the Asian Wranglers over there. Yeah, yeah. perhaps just to save. And I can't imagine it. an American buyer buying a, Je- a Chinese Wrangler anymore. Though I don't think anyone would know the difference. Well, I don't know. My, That's the sad part. Mm, Wrangler, yeah. Wrangler people are really into their gear. I don't. know. What do you think, Regan? You're you're well, in the industry. Well, what's the difference between buying like your Jeep Wrangler parts from J.C. Whitney? I mean, uh, there's that. Yeah. There's so that. how 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 a lot how of the people imported are we talking here? You know, yeah. I mean, how it goes back to the whole traditionalist thing. Um, no, I don't think anybody would really care, especially this day and age. You'd have a couple old timers, well, yeah, people I mean, like me that would look at the you know label what? and be like, when "We talk what? about millennials. Millennials don't care at all because they buy stuff on Alibaba and everywhere else. What's and, it cost? Yeah, exactly. What's the price? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the Chevy uh, uh, Silverado, for example. I right. mean, some people really, really get upset when they find out where it's actually built. That's true. Yeah, that's and true. The the, toy, the the Toyota content of these trucks are more American content than a lot of the um, the current U.S. manufacturers. Yeah. Air quotes there. So, um, no, did, I don't. He did air quotes. I did do air quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't think I don't think the majority of the people are going to care. The traditionalists are going to still find the Jeeps that they want with the right VIN number letter. You know. Yep. Yeah. And the solid right. front axle. Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, the good old ones. Once that goes away, then yeah, then, then we're done. Now, this 6,500 jobs in Detroit, this is good because uh, didn't we report two weeks ago or three weeks ago that 15,000 jobs are being cut by GM? Correct. And were they were they in Detroit? That was they... Lordstown, Ohio, I believe. Is that where it was at? Yeah, okay. the Ohio factory where they make the cruise, which is kind of weird because you would think smaller, fuel-efficient vehicles would be doing well. It's all about their... their Autonomous cars and electric cars killed those jobs, Daryl. That's that's the way the news read. Robots killed my my job. <laughs> well, Video killed the radio star. Well, yeah. gas prices are stable at two fifty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that. Um, um, the, the downside to that, though, yeah, here, bill- in, here in Illinois, 
the Belvedere plant is uh, scheduled to cut 1,400 jobs. Now, I've always been amazed that, that jobs, th- those jobs are there in Belvedere. Yeah. Because Illinois is not a real friendly state when it comes to manufacturing. So somewhere, mm. somehow, somebody made a real concerted effort to make Jeeps in Illinois. Well, that plant actually was built, I believe, in the 60s. And it actually... You know, it, it it's it's kind of had its ups and downs, kind of like a lot of plants in Ohio where, you know, it's either feast or famine. Uh, they really, really did um, Boku business back in the day when they were building Omnis and Horizons, mm-hmm. the uh, the O24 platform oh, and yeah. stuff like that. They were oh, also, here we go. These two are going to. Well, <laughs> neons. We were talking about neons yes. uh, off off script, off camera a couple weeks ago. I see like a light, like like a like a laser beam shoot between their eyes when they, they hit these subjects. Well, anybody that's driven past it on on twenty, yeah. there's a business twenty. Uh, yes. Regular twenty? No, it's it's highway twenty. Highway yeah. twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for years, you just see a it's, bunch it's of ninety. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you see a, a bunch of cars just sitting out there waiting to get loaded onto flatbeds and onto yeah, yeah. rail cars. And when the neons were built. Neons were, I mean, just they were huge, huge. Yeah. So that lot was full, both sides of the of the the road. Uh, I think they also made the PT Cruiser there. They did. They made the Compass and the Patriot there. And as an owner of two Patriots, I can attest to build quality. Uh, need a little more rust proofing, but yeah. To be honest, I thought they built a pretty good car. And there was part of me that was still like somewhat proud, like, yeah, I bought this thing. Not only is it made in the states, but it's made right here in our home state. Well, you own two liberties. I t- <laughs> Liberties? Patriots. Oh, Pate, sorry. Sorry, yeah. whatever. And the last time I drove by that plant, which is quite regularly, um, there was a lot of cars in that in that lot. So yeah. uh, a manufacturer, either they're sitting or they're really cranking. So, um, And it was on a Sunday, and there was, they weren't exactly running overtime. Well, they were They were also having trouble with, uh, years ago, uh, under Daimler, they were, they were, I think they only did two shifts instead of three. They kind of throttled back production. They laid off people here and there. I mean, they, they did have some issues over the years with, uh, you know. Yeah, I know I know people that worked out of the job bank there um, okay. and basically, you know, just worked there while they were refurbishing the plant for the next line. So the union's strong there, no doubt about it. Um, so you were right to, to see how they were able to pull 1,400 jobs out of there. It's kind of impressive. But I got a feeling it'll be back. I mean, it's hope but, so. Like you said, Daryl, that plant has rebounded before, and it's in a great location. I'm also wondering, you brought up a good point, Eric. I don't think besides that and the now Rivian former Mitsubishi plant, I can't think of another car manufacturing <laughs> there, plant in the state. Can you guys? There's not. No, there's yeah. not. That's yeah. it. Yeah, in, in the Mitsubishi, I think uh, Illinois and Bloomington Normal sold their souls to keep that that manufacturing spot as long as they did. For a long time. Yeah. 86 to something. You know what? Next time we come and get together... I have some souvenirs from when they opened. Oh God! I have no some way. like press kit, like oh, uh, wow. like the little. Um, they handed out pens, a little tire pressure gauge, and a tube, and then they uh, gave you a, like a reporter's notebook with the DSM logo on it. Oh man! I won those in an auction at an <laughs> Illinois news broadcasters convention years ago, and they're like, "Hey, I'm cleaning out my desk. Here's some stuff the, for a buck." In an auction. <laughs> I went home that night. I was so happy. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. I told my wife, I woke her up. I was like, look what I got. And she's like, who cares? So. <laughs> Mrs. Scott. Oh, the long suffering. Yes. Mrs. Scott. All right. So we had an article here about this 87 Buick, or, yeah, Buick Regal GNX with eight miles on it. Yeah. Someone paid 200000 for this guy. Uh, but I, Regan, is this the same car that you and I were talking about and bring a trailer? Um, I don't know. Um, I think it's a different one because these suckers keep popping up all over the place. So, there has been um, probably in the <laughs> probably in the past year there has been multiple um, 
of these Grand Nationals that people have squirreled away and kept pristine with on yeah. like ultra low miles, um, and then now all of a sudden they're popping up uh, on auctions. Yeah. yeah, and there was there was even the guy that had two back over the summer that you you weren't allowed to even come look at him. You just had to take his word for it. That seriously, yeah, they're sealed in a vacuum exactly. bag. Yeah. <laughs> so so these suckers are popping up all over the place. So I don't think it is the same one, but another one did pop up on barn finds this week along with. Um, uh, a GMC Cyclone. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Uh, 20, that one had 20-some thousand miles on it. However, it was pristine. Are those starting to climb now, you think? I think they're so rare that, yes, I don't think they have a choice but to climb. Yeah. Um, they were rare when they came out. Uh, anybody that got a hold of one um, either just drove it into the ground or um, wrapped it around a tree. <laughs> You're two extremes. <laughs> and um, uh, I have seen a couple on the road. Actually, recently, I saw the um, the Typhoon, the uh, the SUV version, not all that long ago, actually cruising in my neighborhood. Holy cow. And I, I creeped them for about four or five blocks <laughs> uh, and before I realized that my car that I drive is somewhat identifiable. And I okay. am if only you're like Batman, you could like shoot a little bat thing yeah, on the back of the exactly. car. Exactly. I'll find you later. A little tracking device. go home and search them later but um no um it was and it was in my own neighborhood but uh, so i so i let him go only to never to, to be seen again hopefully to find him later yeah. but uh but no i've i got a soft spot in my heart for and totally go fanboy on him when you see him like <laughs> you know you see him stop me oh dude i'm so uh, glad you stopped. i just want to check it out uh, how many miles are on it and are you the first owner you and know what does the turbo still work and do, oh. do you would you totally do that too if i saw him in a parking lot yeah and like I might like sit in my car a little while longer just to see if he's going to come out of the grocery like store. Like a creepy stalkery way. Yeah. yeah. What's then, the but, What's the pepper spray wears off? And yeah. Then I'll ask him about the car. I, I was just on my way into Jewel and happened to notice that you were walking towards this typhoon. Is it yours, oh. uh, dude? I work here. I've been here for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go home. Yeah. Now the thing, the, the funny part about that is whenever you do discover that, because my my folks' neighbor two doors down, younger guy, and they're walking the dog one summer afternoon. And he had his garage open. And I've seen, he's got a little Ford Ranger and another truck out, out front. And I never thought anything of it. And he's been there in the neighborhood for five years. He had the garage open one day. His little daughter was out riding a bike with training wheels. And he was out, you know, having a nice moment. And in the garage, sitting on like this, like, protective mat on the floor is this pristine. It's a T-type. It's not a Grand National. Oh. But it's like, it's that kind of bluish. Yeah, another dark. one of those came up this week, too. Another, oh, the, those Man. those V6 turbos from the 90s are, oh, my gosh. Insane. Yeah, my neighbor also had, um, growing up, had a, a, t- a Grand National. It wasn't a T-Type. It was a Grand National. And, um, and yeah, so we it, we lived on a cul-de-sac, and so we got to look across the street every day and see this. And, and on really nice days, he parked that right behind his Pro Street 69 Camaro. But that's, nice. that's a different story for a different nice. episode. I was in love with both of those cars. Sure, who wouldn't and, be? Yeah, and um, just to... Uh, in those hot summer days when we would shoot water balloons over the house and catch them in the cul-de-sac just to cool off, um, even then I had so much respect for that that Buick that somebody had to stand guard yeah, run, and just yeah. make run sure. Nice. Yeah, nice. Th- no matter what, guys, no water balloons hit the, nice. the Buick. Like, look, that black car with that Buick is a yeah. Grand National. 
The sequential port fuel injected yeah. turbocharged intercooled 3.8 G body. Yeah. Yeah. With, with an only advertised top speed of 140 miles an hour, but we'll go much faster. More like the comic book nerd from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can, yes. he can yeah. do it like that. Yeah. I do wish. Not, do not get the water balloon near that car. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like, well so, done. So, yeah, we rotated and made sure that the Buick never got hit by a water balloon. Yeah. But not to go down another dusty road. Oh, this is 12.5, the wormholes, or call this one. <laughs> I do like that one. Ooh, that's nice. It's um, a good ring. Th- no car today. Would would kids today do that with any car? No. Ooh. Maybe maybe like know. maybe like a Tesla because you'll get electrocuted if it gets <laughs> wet. But no, that car will be useless after <laughs> it's just like an iPad. You know, iPads yeah. they can phase out after. Yeah, as five soon years. as the software expires, Tesla is going to say no. That car we're, is we're no longer really. supporting that yeah. software. They'll so. have Tesla recycling drop off yeah. somewhere. Just put the whole <laughs> thing in a bin. <laughs> Thanks to the you flat can, screens. You can trade it in for your next next to the Tesla. Sony Wega TVs that you have to pay to have somebody come <laughs> pick up. What's the cell? What's the cell phone place? <laughs> That gazelle, gazelle.com, yeah. where they buy like your cell phone and then sell it to probably like some <laughs> a third world third world country. Yeah, yeah, yeah some kid in India blows up in his face. My dad's got uh, a story about the cell phone recycling, but that's uh, yet another episode. We'll talk about so toxic waste next car, time. I think, can't think of a car right now that is so desirable that somebody's gonna. It's I mean, Corvettes are kids still kind of like I don't Corvettes, the, 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 but the modern vet's not that car that somebody's gonna be you know going for as a as a kid is like yeah. a tuner car or a fun car, like. Even 20 years ago, an Integra GSR or a, yeah. an S2000 or like oh, an S2000 is totally hot right now. Those yeah, are so those are Integra. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those were cool, but like those were attainable because a Buick was attainable. A Buick Grand National was like that's a badass car, but like if mom or dad wanted it back in the day, they could have they could have pulled it off because yeah. it wasn't that much money. Yeah. It, Even like a Z3 or something like that. From a decade ago, I think is still kind of a cool car. Mm-hmm. I think I think nowadays kids that in that age that I was at the time, like it would have to be a Ferrari or Lamborghini or something, one of the crazy, off, yeah, something out of a out of a video or something, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know what they would consider. I, I mean, the, and the same and the same cul de sac on the other side was a Monte Carlo, okay. and. One of my friends thought that was a Rolls Royce because it was the Monte Carlo with the big grill. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, well, how come nobody gives a crap about that thing? Right. Like because it's Monte Carlo. Because it's forty five hundred <laughs> yeah, yeah. bucks. Exactly. Because <laughs> it's, so. it's got rust holes. And- yeah, but he was still like car savvy enough, even at twelve, to be like, hey, maybe we should watch that one too. Yeah. And so yeah, hmm. just overall respect for cars in general was was a lot more. Yeah, so. I just can't see like you know neighborhood kids shooting hoops or something, being like, oh, watch out for the cruise hatchback, you know. It ain't happening. No, I would have actually thrown a basketball to Cruz Hatchback. Right at it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my parents' Malibu that I threw a baseball on the side of the door like the first day we had it. Doink! <laughs> <laughs> and then just walked off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. What Who I did that? Car. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Car stupid. It was a bird. All right. All right. Let's let's get back to the newsy section of the show. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that was that uh, was number four eighty of five hundred and forty built on that uh, Buick GNX. Nice. If anybody cares. Nice. Uh, JB Pritzker is uh, joining the climate fight by signing Illinois up for the Paris Accord. You guys heard about that? Oh, we have sort of. All right. Yeah. So this is in the Chicago Tribune. You can look it up. And I don't think this got enough news, so I want to make sure we put it on the show here. Uh, by joining the coalition of other governors and other states, which I think there's seventeen other states are doing this, uh, he pledged to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, by 26 to 28 percent by 2025 compared to 2005 levels. He said that Illinois is on track to get 25 percent of its power from renewable sources, referring to a requirement by Future Energy Jobs Act. The bill has resulted in a boom in solar energy across the state, which that is true. I've seen more solar ads 
in the last two weeks than I've ever seen in my entire life in this yeah. state. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yeah, bet. Few, the wind farms are growing um, quite a bit, and um, even on a uh, ridiculous bike ride out in the country this weekend, um, uh, there was no solar farm here signs out there. I don't know what NIMBY. the— what the reason for not having one in the middle yeah. of nowhere is. Cause, but causes but no, mental illness. You've heard this, haven't you? Uh, we'll save that for another episode as well. But um, <laughs> I've heard lots of things. Yes, definitely wormhole. Tinfoil hat brigade. Yeah, trying, yeah. To, trying to keep us out of there. But, um, but no, I mean, I don't see the problem with it. I just don't understand. Well, I, the biggest problem I have with the... Uh, Going on with the the climate change and going with the the Paris Accord, I, I feel like smog tests and, <clears throat> and environmental standards be pushed further downstate onto people who can probably least afford to deal with it. So that's my biggest concern. I think it's a false fear. Um, I think there's a right for um, somebody, especially outside of the Chicagoland area, to really question this, and you should. Um, you should be more concerned with your cow farts out this side of the state. Like you're going to talk about. Yeah, uh, that these kind of things. But if we're going to talk about cars, um, what it's going to do is it's going to get a lot of older cars off the road. It's going to be the biggest thing it's going to do. Um, for guys that are in the business and making money, um, you're going to have a smog machine. It's, actually, it's actually good for me in, in, in the short it, term. It's yeah. good for business, but even with your own car piles at home, <laughs> what, <laughs> what? It's what? a collection. <laughs> It is a collection. It is, yes, I've, <laughs> antique I've, vehicles. I've, I've acquired. What's it really going to hurt? What What are you going to lose? Uh, not as a business owner, but as a consumer. If If you, I, I'm more concerned about the guy who gets to work every day, has to drive 30 miles, and he drives like a Chevy truck. Check engine lights on, mm-hmm. and he makes $600 a week, and he can't afford to fix the catalytic yeah. converters. He can't afford to fix that truck. And that's how he gets it to work every day. So that is that is a good point, and and rightfully so. But um, there also comes a time where some of those cars need to get off the road. Yeah, and I, I can I can Man, see your that's point. A, that's an elitist is it, Bernie is Sanders. Is it elitist? Is it burning? Ahead. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> no, can, Bernie Sanders. What I said, not burning. I can I can totally see your point. I also think that with um, you know similar programs that kind of I don't know incentivize cycling some of the older stuff out in favor of either purchasing newer, more fuel-efficient, more, you know, environmentally friendly vehicles, you take the bottom of the used car market and you drop it right out. So, like, mm-hmm. the cash for clunkers thing, I mean, that took a lot of really, I don't say, they're not high-quality cars. Oh, I saw some good ones go down. Those, are, those are good ones. That, those are ones that we saw as good yeah. ones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we all saw the land cruisers. I saw some garbage. Yeah. I, but I saw a Dodge Dakota with 20,000 miles on right. it going to cash for clunkers. And, and the thing was mint, but... You're yeah. getting four grand for it or whatever with the program, so they I, took it. I personally did some awesome burnouts in a badass Volvo turbo wagon. Did you really? <laughs> oh man, it was so much Before fun. Before it choked How itself out. for clunkers on a Volvo? It was yeah, all it had to do. One. All yeah. it had to do was just meet the year yeah. criteria. I thought there was a mileage per, mm. uh, no, mileage per no, gallon. No, it was all years. Yeah. It was all years. Okay. No, we uh, we had a lot of fun with that car for about 24 hours. But well, anyway, I'm, seriously? I'm sure. Oh yeah. Well, that's a whole other story. There but, were tons uh, of videos too. People trading in like you know. 80s Corvettes and stuff like that. And you're like, what? But but at the same time, after that, you try to walk on a used lot and you're trying to find a 10-year-old pickup or something for work or for something like that. I mean, you're not touching anything for under 10 that isn't crap. Yeah. So in the long run, I think it really helps the economy from the automotive standards. The, it, the, the automotive economy in any state makes up probably, and I'm just ballparking here. I'm not mm. giving factual figures, but it makes up a lot of the economy. Um, so, and that, that goes all the way down to used cars. The, is it going to hurt the farmer? 
uh, maybe we get a farm exemption. Um, even the state of California has that. So um, there, there, I'm sure there's other factors in this what about legislation. An auto, what about an autocross exemption? It's a race car. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, in all seriousness, I mean, um, it wouldn't if, register it's, it. if it's not registered. Yeah, well, then yeah. I register mine. But it's, yeah. but it's a race car, but I register it. Is it I, insured, Eric? Yes, it is. Okay, so it's not a race car. Shut up. There you go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Pleasure vehicle. Yeah. Oh, you, you work for the Grinnell? Come on, stop. All right. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. If they if the downstate does wind up eventually rolling out some sort of smog testing program, I'm sure there'll be all kinds of, uh, you know, caveats with that. One of them being the age exemption for antique mm-hmm. vehicles. That's yeah, true. Which I'll, is, I'll be rolling on 30 years on the race car here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah a lot of your cars. Yeah, exactly. That that was my other part of my point is um, unless you got a brand-new pickup – or not brand-new, a 20-year-old or newer pickup truck driving around with a check engine light on, yeah, get it fixed. Otherwise, maybe you should buy an older pickup truck. Perhaps. Again, I've got the Model T that hasn't run in 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not going to have to pass smog either. But (laughs) um, is it elitist? Maybe. But it's also forward progress in the state of Illinois, at least as far as the automotive industry goes. And you'll get a cool smog machine, man. Maybe you'll even get a dyno. Huh? Dino uh-huh. would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. The smog dino. Just a dino 90 Celicus for fun. Yeah. No, they don't do horsepower. <laughs> they just spin. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hurrying the show along since we're going, getting deep into the uh, the wormholes. Let's talk about Rivian, Daryl. You got to uh, – what's going on over there? Well, folks here at home and abroad have been following the story of Rivian Automotive. That's the electrical startup riveted, that is – Riveted by Rivian. Yeah. There you go. They actually moved around a few times, settled quietly in the quaint, quaint hamlet of normal Illinois. In the former Mitsubishi factory. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a giant production facility. And uh, they feel that a couple prototypes made a big splash on YouTube and some other online events. Uh, did know. they advertise on the Super Bowl? Uh, you I know, know, somebody I think said they did. I thought they did, but uh, I may have said that on show 12 that we didn't air. So. Yeah, no, I think I think somebody else was asking me about that if I saw the Rivian ad on TV. I feel like they did, too, but yeah. I couldn't confirm. Big thing, of course, if you listen to previous shows or follow the automotive press, they had an electric pickup, <clears throat> kind of a, uh, a Honda Ridgeline size, kind of yeah. mid-size four-door quad cat pickup, and then later an SUV that was of the same chassis. Full electric vehicle, 400-ish miles per um Per uh, range charge, charge. Um, interesting concept. What they don't have is a big investor until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and what uh, what happened was apparently uh, Amazon and was it Ford or somebody else? I thought I thought uh, some Saudis or something got involved with this. But Saudis gave them some startup money. They went. Uh, they were friends with some folks who were also MIT grads, uh, along with that uh, R.G. Scringe or whatever. Scringe, yes. The CEO of that company was an MIT grad, very bright. Um, but they actually uh, took a little bit of money, and uh, that's how they got their prototypes out there. But they, they need some money, and they need a cash infusion, and, and the uh, folks at Amazon, I guess, are willing to to back them to the tune of $700 million, I believe. Nice. It was the number bantied about. So uh, that's a lot of cabbage. I think that's enough to maybe do something. I don't know if it's enough to get off that's the ground and be a five-minute commercial in the Super Bowl. They got that covered. Well, yeah. Five minutes. A, oh, yeah, that's five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a million. Trick. But um, – that kind of cash infusion, along with, like we already mentioned, back with the electric car topic, the distribution ability. I mean, yeah. who knows what they're capable of? This this should actually scare a lot of manufacturers. Not because it's an electric truck. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other topic that we'll keep going down. But the fact that Amazon owns 
portion of a car company. Yeah. yeah. And we've been kicking around Apple talking about owning a, a vehicle. And that kind of has been scaring people in the background, too. This is very similar then. Oh, yeah, extremely. I mean, look at what, not to talk about Tesla again, but look at what they did with just the franchise rights about selling cars. I yeah, mean, they, they disrupted in many states. As much as I hate using that term in the corporate world, it's 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 overused, but it's true. It's exactly what they've done. Disruptor. Um, yeah, yeah, they are a disruptor, and we it makes people about step it. back and think. Talk about it in healthcare as well. Amazon is a disruptor, you know, a, a disrupting force in a lot of different different areas. But it is true. I mean, you know, ten even ten years ago, Amazon was just, oh, that's where I order stuff. You know, I was still buying CDs from Amazon ten years ago. Correct. Yeah. That's where everybody was buying CDs. I'm, bu- I'm buying vinyl now. There. Well, but <laughs> you're, you're still buying CDs, Eric. Admit it. No, no, vinyl. <laughs> I'm cool. You have a six yeah. disc changer in your Forerunner, don't you? <laughs> but anyway, um, no, um, that that could be a whole other topic for another. Uh, show just on that alone. It's something that even our own company is. Maybe Scringe will invite us over there sometime. We can yeah. go. You know. The fact that Amazon, I can't, I can't repeat it enough. The fact that Amazon owns a portion of a car company, whether it's real or not, is should really, really be a big deal. So, I mean, let, let's just pretend I buy a car on Amazon. So I get on Amazon.com. A drone will deliver it. Yeah, a drone will drop yeah. it off. But uh, I get on there. I use my one click because I got Prime, mm-hmm. and it shows up my house. And I probably just like sign a lease. I might even just do a one click lease. Use my thumbprint, authorize that whole thing, and I'm signed up for what four nine nine a month. And then maybe in three years that car just goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, and, they're and doing with, it with Carvana. That's kind of yeah. the same model. Again, that's that. another huge disruptor in the industry right now at the dealer level, and it's it's mind-boggling. You don't have to leave the house. No. They come and take your old car. They drop mm-hmm. the new one off. If you don't like it, they'll swap it out. I mean, these are things that I'm like, don't you want to put on pants and leave the house at some point? No, I, don't, I, I think people literally want to use their phone and just click and buy. And I think, honestly, from the dealership level, you know, we have to look at that technology, too. My, you know, I was just talking to the other dealership about that today because yeah. he was at a, at a meeting with our manufacturer. And mm-hmm. it's, it's literally that's the way the consumer wants to buy now. They don't want to come in here and deal with a three-hour process to buy a car. You can buy houses now with yeah. your phone uh, yeah. using an app. You can get pre-approved. You look everything up and never do anything but like take pictures with your phone of your credit app and stuff like that and never go in and see yeah. a banker. So well, we're getting to that point. There's another point too that um, that I learned I learned that well I'm gonna use millennials and I've learned that that's a derogatory term now. Oh, sorry. Yes. What do we call but, it? I don't know. But um, <laughs> uh, there's a there's a mis- missing emotional detachment when you buy something that way. So if I just swipe right and do Apple Pay for my new Ravana pickup truck that's going to show up tomorrow morning Rivian, before I wake whatever before yeah. I wake up, <laughs> sorry, Rivian. Um, then um, we're never getting that interview. I, I didn't care that much to begin with. It's my truck. I'll use it when I need it. Oh, it's broken. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah, probably so, put it on a car share program. Yeah, exactly. That's where I'm going with this. Now all of a sudden, um, well, that truck's been sitting there for a couple weeks. Oh, I can do uh, Uber's car share program that's starting up now. I can. There's so many other things I can do because simply because I bought it on my phone, I have really no emotional detachment. I didn't invest all that time and effort that I did before when I yeah. wanted to go to the dealer, when I had to deal with a salesperson, when I did the research, when I wanted the pro version, but I settled for the TRD version. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and and I I think too, just being kind of an outsider here. People don't, like in the old days, my dad would go and be like, oh, I'm going to talk to Paul. It's time to get a new car. I'm going to talk to Paul at the dealership. Mm-hmm. And Paul is a guy he bought a car from since 1988. 
He's got a rapport. Guess what? If something happens, there's a warranty issue or something like that, he calls Paul, he schedules it in the service area. Mm-hmm. My dad doesn't do anything. He makes one call, it's Paul. Yeah. I'm the type of person where I, you know, I need service, I'll call service. I need parts, I'll call parts. I need the sales guy, to, you know. Like, I don't go, it's not a one-stop shop for me anymore, and there's not that kind of cottage industry that caters to the customer. I can do all that myself. That's not me being a jerk. That's just kind of, I need. I don't need a middleman. It's, it's faster. Yeah. So, what, yeah. Daryl, let me ask you this as yeah. a casual consumer, because uh, Regan yeah. and I are in the industry. Yeah. What if you need a light bulb for your car? What are you going to do right now? I would actually go to O'Reilly's and get the part and put it in myself. See, I think that's unusual because myself, I would just go on Amazon and just order the part. I, I've, I've done both. I've done Rock Auto. I've done a lot of that. But I'm also the type of person where I got a weekend. Uh, it's Friday. I'm going to get a part tonight in my hand and tomorrow morning hit it. Okay. I don't, for me, I'm kind of a last minute person. So I don't, I don't plan ahead and be like, I'm going to order all this stuff to fix whatever, you know, put brakes on my wife's car next week. I don't think that far ahead. Dude, I'm Prime's like, next day. Everything's next day. Everything I don't pay I for Prime. I'm cheap. This is this is entirely a whole another show. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. We can do that another yeah, time. Um, I, I do want to point out, though, that speaking of Rivian, um, that came out today, uh, Jalopnik reported that um, they've been doing their testing oh, under, yeah, the guise a- of, under the guise of Ford F-150s. So there's been reports for months now of oh, really? Ford F-150s cruising around Detroit Missing tailpipes and having other weird body effects, and so they basically just and drop such. it. I don't know. They, they said that their skateboard-like platform lends to the ability to disguise them easily. So, um, and this has been substantiated that that's what they have been doing is testing them underneath the the skin of a how funny is of that? an F one fifty like Buffalo Bill well, being your uh, it, you know, your it is an aluminum body. Here. <laughs> it's a Silence of the Lambs reference. <laughs> I didn't get it. Sorry. <laughs> Talking about electric vehicles. That's great. <laughs> Regan, you're welcome here anytime you want to come. A, that's a tough tie-in, but I pulled it off. No, it is. Uh, but it is an aluminum body, so maybe they figure you know since they're going to go all aluminum, they'll they'll take the Ford chassis. But as I said in twelve point uh, the original twelve point oh episode, I I fully intend on. Uh, Worshipping the first dude to bro dozer this sucker. All right, that's right. <laughs> Thank you for using the term again. Yes, too. I, uh, the first guy to jack one of these up and put some giant chrome wheels on there with completely unnecessary shocks, and yeah. then and then take it to the other level of parking it in front of a Tesla charging station just to be a you know an a hole. That would just be awesome. Plug it in. Yeah. Do you think that guy will take be from two, Peoria? I took up two charging stations because my truck's so big. Now it'll be from like one of the Carolinas because that's the big thing out there oh, is yeah. to buy like a you know a Cummins powered you know Dodge mm-hmm. yeah, crew okay. cab and then just put stupid stuff on it and then also the rake. I don't understand where I grew up and the time I grew up. It was <laughs> yeah. cool to have the back end jacked way up. And the front end drop. So you have oh, the rake man. this way. And now trucks, it's, it's, you go down to front, Florida. Front rake. What the mm-hmm. hell is that? It matches your bill on your hat. Your yeah. flat brim hat curved up. Your truck's curved up. But then I mean, if you actually bro, put bro, anything bro, in bro, that bed. Bra. Bra does. <laughs> it's totally You're not stupid. hauling anything with it because it's too high to get in anyway. Come on, man. And, it it and you'll scratch it. And it'll get scratched. So what, what is true. it when you uh, smog somebody out like on a bike or something? If you're rolling coal. So if you're rolling coal. As a victim of coal rolling. Have you been? Uh, on a bike. You've yeah. seen that, huh? I, I've been it. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's I've, terrible. I've, I've had roll, coal rolled upon me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think it's a... I think it was uh, and, never mind. Adult and I film. was uh, I deserved it <laughs> yeah. as a car guy wearing spandex, riding a bicycle on a country road in the middle of the day. Yeah, 
yeah. How do you deserve Nobody that? Nobody deserves well, okay, that. Okay, but. No, it, it's, it's, it's illegal as hell. It's dangerous as hell. It's not cool at all. But uh, I'm a car guy. I'm like, eh. You're like, yeah, impressive. Yeah. Hey, cheers. Yeah. Uh, what is the equivalent if you have an electric truck to rolling coal? I don't Ooh, know. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I think we're going to have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. See, well, all the more reason to be the first to bro dozer. Somebody has to. Yeah. Somebody's got to be a pioneer. Yeah, and then somebody's like, got to be Alan Shepard. Th- th- like throw D cell batteries go. at bicyclists. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Due to pending litigation, yeah. this podcast is now suspended. I'm not suggesting it. I'm not an advocate. <laughs> so, for those of who are still left, all three of you, um, we have not done the moment of Musk. I think it's time to explore what uh, what's going on. Yeah, I think uh, it's time for your moment of... Oh, you got it? Sorry. All right. Here we go. Ready? Yep. Yep. It's time for your moment moment of Musk. Musk. There you go. That might be the best one you ever did. You like that? Yeah, I've been listening to your stuff. I appreciate it. Well, I got a lot of stuff. (laughs) Anyway, so on February 27th, which is today, Elon Musk posted... This cool tweet that said, some Tesla news coming soon from Elon Tusk. I don't even know what that's all about. Yeah. Now, it was very convenient. Tesla stock rose 5% today uh, as investors waited this news that Elon had broadcast that something was going to happen. This was all really exciting. But uh, the 5.7% that it rose up to 314 was not enough to kind of help Tesla make a little bump maybe this year. The SEC is watching this closely because Tesla... If they had held on to an average price of $359 for their share, they were going to be able to roll over $920 million in bonds into stocks. That didn't happen. So the SEC, SEC, Security and Exchange Commission, is asking a judge to hold Musk in contempt of court because apparently uh, that is not what he was supposed to do based on the court findings here, what, two or three months ago? Wah, wah. Yeah. yeah, so Elon's little gambit did not play off. We will see what happens in the continuing saga of Elon Musk. That has been your moment, your moment, your moment of, of Musk. Musk. There you go. Uh, Special defects, as they used to say. Special on defects. Definitely the defects. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this issue is continuing to develop. So uh, on episode 13, I think we can add even more to that. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what actually happens from the the blowback on this one might be enough to to get Elon. It's (laughs) maybe uh, just getting started, I think. A private island maybe away from the Tesla Corporation. This this could really, really screw up. It's his company. It's his baby. He's entitled, you know, I think in some ways to, to make commentary because he built it from the ground up. But at some point, you have to play by the rules everybody else plays by. And, you know, even if it is your baby. Yeah. Sorry, bud. You can't do whatever you want. It happened to Steve Jobs. Yeah. yeah. But then he came back. No, I was going to say that he got fired and then they brought him back. <laughs> so maybe that's the way he sees it. I think mm-hmm. that's what ultimately is going to have to happen here. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have to be removed from the board. Then he can say whatever he wants. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. And I'm sure he'll do all right when they buy him out. Uh, he'll survive. Yeah. He'll I have a feeling golden parachutes have come up before in this uh, <laughs> right. this podcast. Yeah. He'll have to he'll have to buy the Ralph's brand house brand food. Wait, <laughs> what does he live in California? Uh, he probably lives in the Silicon Valley. He so probably lives Valley wherever area. he wants. Yeah. I was trying yes. to throw a Ralph's reference. Mars, out. isn't it Mars? Isn't it? Yeah, but yes, is. the Ralph reference. Yes, he would shop at Ralph's. Yes, yeah, he'd buy the house brand <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's funny we, though. Do we want to go to the riff zone from episode twelve? Um, Are we know, doing that now? We can. You want to skip this one? Do you want to just go to cars? 
Yeah, let's go right to cars. Okay, because, you know, folks are going to hear our rants and raves anyways. And uh, Everybody's shuffling papers. I like this. It sounds like <laughs> the, the Rush Limbaugh show. Yeah, In my show. formerly nicotine-stained hands. My friends. <laughs> uh, where's the gold-plated mic, Eric? <laughs> thought we had a really high excellence, budget. Excellence in broadcasting. We are far from that, my Bing. friend. Okay, yeah. so we'll rant on episode 13. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about cars for sale because this is the time where we have unlimited money, unlimited funds at our discretion, and unlimited space to store our stupid purchases. It's like like Bitcoin for the mind. Basically. (laughs) And each week, Eric and I bring you a car of the week that we would purchase if money were no object because, let's face it, it's not. Uh, We're balling. Yeah, and and when you're on the Internet and you're cruising around looking for cars, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely – no price is too high or too low. All right. So starting us off this week, Eric has a wonderful Slant 6-powered piece of Mopar history that should have been rusted out 40 years yeah, ago. Yeah, especially from Metamora, Illinois. So this one was found on Facebook. It's a 1980 Plymouth Velari two-door. Now, anybody who knows me from deep in the dark days knows I drove a 78 Velari when I was 16 years old. Classy. It was my grandmother's. It was a golden brown, and I drove the living hell out of that car. <laughs> I drove... I made a land speed record from Fairbury to Normal in 19 minutes on Route 66 in that car. My, my, uh, my. Yeah. So let me <laughs> you stop for corn dogs or just yeah, blow yeah. past it? <laughs> I think I blew past. I blew past Lexington and Tawanda, and uh, mm. I think I left like a, a smoke trail. But anyway, this car showed up on Facebook, and uh, it's a automatic, which I had an automatic as well, but uh, the two-door coupe, certainly cool. What's really cool is the interior. It almost has like the Indian rug interior. It's got the, these mm-hmm. uh, the yellow and red so and cool. black uh, so cloth cool. interior. Like the Mojave Desert package. Yeah. Right? Now, in, in 1987, when I got my car, I think we paid $500 for it. This car, this 1980 Velar, without even the round headlights, it has a square headlights, is going for $4,500 or best offer. The the fact of this story, I mean, to try to put in context to our listeners that don't know exactly where we're at, yeah. m- the fact that it's available in Metamora, Illinois, yeah. is actually adds like five hundred dollars. You think so? To it. Yeah, think so? yeah. Because if you've ever been to Metamora, you're like, there's a Dodge Velari in here somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. or Plymouth, Plymouth, Plymouth. Yeah, Plum, the sorry. Dodge is the Aspen. Yeah, you're right. right you're right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and and it's probably and I've seen some stuff in Metamora that is like showroom new and it's like where does you know where's this thing been it's been to the iga and to the gas station exactly the yeah. service station sorry not the gas the service station yeah. and it's at That's the it. and it's for sale either from the little lady like this or it's in the actual used car lot that makes you like break your neck to like what the yeah 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 <laughs> true yeah but what, what's actually funny about this is so there's two things that's really funny because i told daryl about this car well i told him that i drove a 78 and so like a week or two ago, he's like, hey, dude, there's a Velari for sale on Facebook. I was sending her messages <laughs> and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so this is what Daryl does. I always feel like I'm like one of 20 people he's doing this to all day. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the other thing that's really cool about this is when you go into Craigslist and you try and do a search for a Velari for sale, there is zero. There are no Velaris within 50 miles of Peoria Craigslist. But if you go into Facebook, it's there. I think I think hmm. Craigslist is on, on the way out here because nobody's ever t- – a Plymouth Velari should be a Craigslist car all day long. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. How, that's, how does that car become a Facebook marketplace car? It's it's. Be, I can tell you why it's not on Craigslist anymore because the um, the personal ads are no longer available on on, on Craigslist. The traffic got, went yeah. way down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So people that own a Plymouth Velari know that since you're not creeping the you know casual encounters <laughs> casual anymore, encounters, uh, there's no reason to put it the on. Friends there. with benefits yeah. or, or what? Yeah. Missed connections. Yes. Dude, I got. 
that's a story. So remind me. <laughs> Wait, we'll put that in the show. Show ideas are blossoming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't do the moment of Musk. No, we didn't. Do you Damn want it. to? Whoa, whoa, Here's whoa. Here's what we'll do. We'll, uh, we'll go through this whole thing, and then we'll just do it real quick at the end. Okay. And you can put it, move around. Sounds good. Uh, right. Daryl, what do you got? What is your car of the week? All right, so my car of the week, um, occasionally I'll skew European. Not always, but occasionally <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go that route. Um, I found a 2001 BMW 540, which is, the, uh, of course, the nice 5 series, but it has the, the little V8 in it. And it's got a nice 4.4-liter V8 and a manual, a proper gearbox, as they say in the U.K., proper gearbox. And the right amount of pedals. Yeah, yeah and that is kind of hard to is that, find. Is that the lingo? In, mm-hmm. the, in, in that big a car, especially with the V8, it's kind of hard to find in that era. So it's possibly the latest model BMW that I would ever own because I think after that started having some quality control slash prices for parts are crazy expensive and not worth it. iDrive came out like just a few years into this. Yeah, we talked about iDrive. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... I think it'd be a fun weekend toy, a fun daily, and it's a it's a clean white one with some some jet black tint on the windows, maybe even a tinted windshield, which, eh, that borders on Miami it's drug dealer. The, but yeah, well, I mean that that fits you. It um, does. Well, it's totally it's got does. the five spoke uh, M series wheels on it yeah. and everything. So yeah, it's, it's it's very traditional. Now, would that be a diamond white paint or would that be a super white? I think it's got the little pearl, the pearl <sighs> clear. Yeah, that's pearl. So. Yeah, touch-ups when it starts rusting, and be like, Mrs. Scott would look great in this car. Mm-hmm. She, Absolutely. She kind of looked at it and was like, that's nice, and then shook her head. So I know that feeling. So that means no. It's like, yeah, that's nice. You don't yeah. pull home that don't much you money. Ever bring I'll go it back up to Netflix again. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch the Great British Baking Show for another four hours. <laughs> what what The contrast here is, is unbelievable, actually. Uh, I, I don't know if I chose the right word or not, but we're talking a 2001 <laughs> almost M-series yeah. M5, almost M5 series BMW. Ooh, well, let's not compare prices. Are you going to this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For 6900 bucks, which you could probably get it for like six without trying too hard. Yeah. yeah. Versus the Plymouth Volari 1982 door coupe, all original slant six automatic. And you might have paid $4,500. You might pay more when you leave that guy's house. You might pay him 5000 because he's got something extra in the garage. He might sell it's, you like, uh, yeah, like yeah. a snowblower. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're getting something <laughs> with the Volari. I got Come no, on, you're I got right. No Cub Cadet, I'm gonna fail you. If nothing else, you're getting a story in a six pack of like you know now, MGD. Let's Come on. let's think about this though. If but we, but if, I'm going BMW all day long. I'm scratching. I'm scratching. The, I'm scratching two thousand more dollars easily. What, easily. What what if we were fifteen hundred with what if negotiations? We were at the what if we just rolled out there and went the autocross track? We had these two cars, and you had to sit down and decide which would be more fun to take around the cones Ooh. for the next sixty seconds. Ooh. The BMW by far. The, what? The, Seriously? The, the Volari is cool if you're stoned and half lit. And after it slides out and pushes the beads off the rims the first time, that's it. I'm done. It's not even. Yeah. The white walls after yeah. the white walls fall Sparks apart. are yeah. funny. Sparks are great. <laughs> that's all, man. That's all you're getting out of it. Nobody except for you and, and maybe me sometimes. Yeah. Is going to think that car is cool. Ever. Ever? You're not it's getting, a coupe. You're it's not a getting 4500 bucks for it. I, in fact, the deal on the BMW is so good, it might be a typo. I think, you know, I, I've always said this, and my parents, when I was a little kid, thought I was kind of like a little off for many reasons. But I would, also, <laughs> I would always say, I'm going to open up a museum for cars no one wants. And they were like, that's cute, honey. Um, but this but would go. By now, it's actually been done. I know. It's like the like the Daryl's house. 
Ouch. <laughs> so which one have you actually bought the Volari? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Paperwork. We're, we're working on it. We're trying okay. to get the wives together for we're dinner. Trying to negotiate yeah. the actual. It's like an Amway thing. We're gonna. Hey, <laughs> I got something I want to talk to you about. We're going to meet the Scots. He said he was going to throw in a snowblower, but it's been a hard winter, so he's not ready to let it go it's yet. not going to happen. Yeah. Now, if we actually did, seriously, though, that cars like that that should have been gone and rusted out years and years this and years ago. Should have been gone. I would. I, it's almost like they need a prize for, for, for surviving. They should just be put up on a pedestal and be like, okay, you made it this far. You're right. There should be, but there's not, no. and there never will be. Um, let me tell you, <laughs> at some point, we need to talk about um, an eBay auction my dad won for a 76 Chevette Woody Ooh. that he bid on as a goof. Like, oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Put it, And he was the high bidder. The next morning, we're, he's like, oh. Son of a... <laughs> yeah, we're sitting at the <laughs> wow. breakfast table. He's like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, uh, I, I just want a Chevette, and your mom's going to kill me. So that's a whole other story. We'll, I got we'll Chevette think, stories, too. Regan's got a car here that we're going to talk about. What, what was yeah, your let's talk about? about your car of the well, week. Well, um, I'm going to totally own, own up to it, bud. Every single argument I just posed with you guys is going to yeah. go out the window right now. Because you found um, one firmly between the Velari and the BMW. I okay. did. Yeah. Um, it grip. is a 1991 Oldsmobile Quad 442. Oh. This one Beautiful. doesn't run, but look at the, look at the fin um, on this thing. Mm. Uh, it is an actual quad four four two, and um, that is the higher horsepower package. Yep, it is the good quad. What's four. that put about one hundred and sixty horsepower? What do we got there? Mm, the one hundred and eighty yeah. or the W? Yeah. There was yeah, the W. Uh, was yeah. the LQ nine, I believe, which was the one hundred and eighty horse high output. Daryl is correct. Yes, and, and then there was the W forty one that was available, and that was one hundred and ninety horse. And Which, if you got the Oldsmobile Quad 442, you got a manual transmission ooh. also. A Gitrag 5-speed close ratio with a 394 final drive. He's actually I give, I give exactly up. I give up. right. So, that, um, that, yeah. thing, that thing would haul. Yeah, that was <laughs> a Mustang honest. killer. Um, it was. And people, that's the other thing, too. Like, I love when you look back on the, like, today you're like, oh, this thing's hilarious. And it is because, like, a Taurus would wax the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Horses make like 270 horse or something stupid. That thing, in 19, well, 91, right? 91. I, even in, well, that quad four came out in 88. Yep. And then uh, I grew up, our family had a, a Grand a Grand Am with okay. a, uh, a a ninety an 89 Grand Am with a quad four. And, oh, man. Was thing. it the SE with like the, the yeah. monochrome oh, yeah, yeah. trim and all that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. And it was so fast. I had a friend. So fast. He had one of those in high school. It was his mom's. And we nuked that thing. We, we tore that thing a new one. Yeah. And it was hilarious because... It was. I think that one was the 150 horse. It wasn't even the high output. No, but it still hauled balls. I mean, you. Yeah. you I don't think you could tell the difference. I think at one point GM just said, "Screw it, they're all high output. We don't know what the <laughs> hell this little <laughs> bastard's actually making," right. because it will smoke the tires flat off of a front wheel drive car, and it will make a Mustang driver cry if he's next to you at the stoplight. Excellent. So, yeah. So back in the day, that thing made 180 ish horse, right? Mm-hmm. A Mustang GT was like 225. Yeah. And people were like, "Yeah, this thing's." This thing's awesome. And they put Flowmasters on it. Oh, yeah. And then you'd go out in that thing. Oh, yeah. you go out in that thing, and if you lined up at a stoplight, there was no match. No match. Seriously. Seriously. That thing would beat it stop, would beat a Mustang, a 5.0 Mustang, stoplight to stoplight, hands down. Just because of the traction aspect of the front-wheel drive? I don't know if it was the way they had it geared. I don't know if it was the traction, because it would still burn the tires yeah. pretty well. And uh, hopefully my parents never hear this, but uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> I doubt uh, they will. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you're fine. Well, yeah. we're, we're climbing the listeners by the tens. I yeah. Think. yeah. We've got yeah. about 12, maybe. Yeah. So, but anyway... Um, so, so what's the ask? Is this, this one's for sale? It's actually in a junkyard. 
Um, I'm not familiar with the site, junkyardfinds.com. Barn, barn finds. Barn finds. It's barn finds. You should be familiar I'm not, with this. I'm not. I'm not. The Valari is quickly on its way there, <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> It'll be on there tonight. Yeah. Um, you should look, see if it's still for sale. I mean, they even posted the commercial for the original car. Um, That's dedication. By by the way, that era of Oldsmobile, they had a whole thing of the, uh, this is not your father's Olds. Yes, this exactly. is that's when it started. Generation. Yeah, this is not your father's Olds. So they know. did commercials. Do you remember the one with uh, Leonard Nimoy? They did the one with Leonard Nimoy and his daughter, and like oh, she's man. driving a Cutlass Supreme. With, yeah, like, I don't remember that. The touch oh, screen. You went, you went so deep, even Cutlass oh. Supreme. You, you lost wow. everybody in the room. The Cutlass Supreme was right there, though. <laughs> it was, I, I love that car, but I don't remember that. It though. was the Cutlass Supreme International Series, if you remember that. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> no, he was not. So unfortunately, there is actually no price on this because it is in a salvage yard. Damn uh, it! But. Um, it is available, and um, I will own a quad four engine someday. Okay. It, it might be on an engine stand, but okay. that engine still to this day intrigues me so much. It was part of my uh, inspiration, if you will, to wanting, to wanting to do what I am today. And, yes, I am completely fine with publicly saying that a quad four engine inspired me because of its technological prowess in the late 80s and early 90s. That, that, that uh, that there's doesn't... nothing wrong with that, and I think I'm the only one in the world who would actually agree with you on that. Maybe there's a handful of GM engineers who were behind that, but that mo- that motor got such a bad rap, and it's unfortunate because um, it was ahead of its time. It was. I think it was, it was one of those motors that was uh, pretty high strung, mm-hmm. and I think uh, with with the the big complaint was head gaskets, crack heads. Yeah, right? and that was that, and, and even the 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 people that really wanted to keep that car on the road if they owned one they got the head gasket replaced at least once yeah you know just because it was that good of a car it was worth putting that much money into it I'm, eric's rolling his eyes at us daryl but oh, um, oh we still talking oh wow <laughs> yeah well, we would like we can talk about slant six Valari some more. <laughs> let's get let's let's, let's get it on yeah. that tail. Yeah, it's probably time to move on all right Sorry. All right. Well, this has been a great episode. Actually, I'm I'm glad Regan stepped in. I would love to sit down and do an episode with Regan where we actually talk about what he does on a daily daily basis. Yeah, yeah. I think as an industry rep who's actually a field technical specialist, uh, he could give you some insight. People don't understand uh, what what that means. What a guy like this does, especially when you own a car and you have a problem. So um, look for that on a future episode. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Daryl, you talked to some guys we're going to do a future episode with. Uh, we're actually in the works with uh, with some folks in the detailing industry. So we'll kind of keep them as a mystery mm-hmm. guest for now. But uh, some local folks who make, make a really good living doing some high-end detail work on cars. Uh, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about not only the hobbyist perspective of how to keep your car clean, do things the right way, but also uh, how to protect your daily driver with things like ceramic coatings and things like that. So all those things that you hear about, and you're like, oh, that's cool, but you never do or you, you, you don't know enough about, we're going to try to get some professional advice on that. So cool. watch for that for a future episode. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Regan. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, thanks a lot, guys. This a is lot a blast. Yeah. yeah. You guys I, do a I great think show. this show is getting produced. Am I right, Daryl? Yeah. yeah, I will. I will. I will hit save as soon as we're done here, and I promise not to. Uh... It is recording, right? What? <laughs> oh no, the meters aren't moving. I had to ask. Don't yeah. even joke. Okay. No, yeah. we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> All right. Well, well uh, thank you very much, guys. It's a pleasure, and um, yeah. look forward to doing it again. Actually, absolutely. Yeah. Thank right. you for throwing wrenches. This is Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott and Regan. See you next time.